Well, if you're able this morning, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Amen. Today we're looking one more time in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 20. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 20. Paul writes and he says, give thanks always. Say always. always. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I'm so grateful. I am so thankful today for your incredible, unbelievable blessing, Lord, upon my life, upon the life of of this church. God, you've been so good, and we are so grateful, and we are so thankful. God, I pray today, Lord, that you will Lord, that you will anoint the message, you will anoint the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray you'll give us ears, Lord, to hear your word. But God, may we not just listen today, but may we put in practice, make application of what we receive today. Holy Spirit, do your work in this house. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people says, praise the Lord. Lord. You can be reseated this morning. Well, today we are going to continue our series I'm calling Thanks living. See, it's not just, it's not enough just to carve out one day a year to pause and give thanks. Yes, thanksgiving is good, but it's not good enough. I believe for the people of God, every single day should be a day of thanksgiving. How many believe that we serve a great God? Listen, I'm telling you, we serve a great God, and he is so worthy of praise that the Bible says that there are beings that kneel before the throne of God 24-7, and they cry out to him, holy, 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 Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come. Over and over and over. Oh, they continue 24-7. They never take a coffee break. They never go on vacation. They never go to sleep. 24-7, they are giving praise to the, to, the, to the Lamb of God. Well, Paul wrote in our scripture for today, give thanks always for all things. Or in other words, he was telling us to practice thanks living. I say this every Sunday in this series, but I'm going to say it again. I personally believe that the key to happiness is thanksgiving. I believe the key to happiness is being thankful. You see, it's really, really hard to be unhappy when you are living a life of thankfulness. Now, so far in this series, we've talked about being thankful for our family. We've talked about being thankful for our freedom. Today, our subject is thankful for finances. How many of you are thankful for the provision that God has provided you with? Are you thankful for finances this morning? Well, somebody said, whoever said money can't buy happiness obviously didn't know where to shop. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but here's what I do know. I do know this, and that is the lack of money, the mismanagement of money, and the struggles with money can be the source of a lot of unhappiness. Although money cannot buy happiness, the lack of money The mismanagement, the struggle of money can definitely cause a lot of unhappiness. Did you know that financial issues is the number one cause of divorce? 
So let's talk about finances today. I have a three-part series of lessons I'm going to give you today in about 35 minutes. Nobody's excited about that. (laughs) Well, because I have so much material, so much that I want to say today, I'm going to have to hurry up and get to my subject today and make sure that, that I just touch the highlights and go on. But if you need help in the area of finances, I encourage you to go to our website, Because I have an eight-part series on finances that you can listen to there. And there have been a lot of people that have gone through the financial series and the financial teaching that I do. And constantly I'm getting getting compliments and constantly people are coming to me thanking me for the teaching they've received. Those that have put it into practice, it has totally been a blessing and revolutionized their life. So I encourage you to do that if at all possible. Well, first of all today, I want us to begin talking about the regulations, the regulations of our finances, the regulations of our finances. Are you aware that God regulates our finances? Obviously, many of you are not. See, some of you are under the impression that you are owners. Some of you are under the assumption that what you have belongs to you. Wrong? See, the Bible says that we are not owners at all, but we are merely managers. The Bible teaches us that everything we have has been given to us by God. God owns everything. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Who does the earth belong to? So God places people, God places positions, God places uh, possessions into our hands, and then he says to us, manage these things for me. And God says, uh, and by, by the way, there will be an audit at the end of your life. Well, let me just briefly mention three areas where God demands our finances be directed. First of all, the Bible says that our finances should be directed toward our faith. We should direct our finances toward our faith. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12, it talks about our responsibility to tithe. The Bible says there, bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. Bring what? All what? Bring all of the tithe into the storehouse, says the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 tells us that the top priority of our finances should be our faith. It says, honor the Lord with your first fruits. With your what? Your second? Third? Leftovers? No, your first fruits. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 says... Uh, says that God gives top billing in our finances. But not only should our finances be directed toward our faith, but the Bible also says our finances should be directed toward our family. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says whoever withholds finances from his family has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his kids and his grandkids. Don't tell your family that you love them if you're not willing to support them. Don't tell them how much that you love them, but then you're not willing to take care of the needs of their life. 
What are God's regulations for our finances? Well, they, they, they are, first of all, our faith, secondly, our family, and then, and then also our financial obligations. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding. King James Version says, Owe no man anything. But a better uh, uh, rendering of that would be, Let no debt remain outstanding. Or the Benson Revised Version simply says, Pay your bills. See, the quickest way for a Christian to lose their testimony is to not pay or be consistently late on paying their bills. See, it's pretty hard to witness to your landlord if you're three months behind on the rent. Psalm 37 and 21 says, the wicked, say the wicked. The wicked borrow and do not repay. Who doesn't pay their bills? Now hear me this morning, everyone has struggled to pay their bills at some point in their life. Things happen, things like losing your job or, or getting sick and being unable to work or, or, or getting divorced and your mate deserting you and leaving you with all of the bills. Things happen. All of us at some point in time in our life have struggled paying our bills. In these instances, say in these instances. In these instances, what do you do? You go to your creditors and you explain your circumstances. You explain your situation. And then you do everything within your power to pay your bills. You don't just say, I can't pay you. You say, I can't pay you now. You say, I can't pay you all of it, but here is some of it. I can't pay you all of it, but here is a part of it. But with the best of my ability, you will be paid. Would you please be patient with me? I've had a big change in my life. I'm not going to stiff you. I'm not going to rob you. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to pay you. Just, I need some help. And so then you do everything within your power to pay your bills, including downsizing. Some of you need to have a garage sale. I don't mean throw a bunch of junk in the garage and have a sale. I mean sell the garage and the house that's attached to it. Whatever you have to do to pay your bills, that includes downsizing. That includes cutting back. That don't mean just going from extra large, you know, fries to regular. I mean, you know. It includes downsizing. It includes cutting back. It includes moonlighting. It includes doing whatever it takes. Listen, it's your reputation on the line. You gave your word. You signed on the dotted line. Here's the biggest problem with our finances. I'm going to give you the biggest problem with our finances, and that is most people set their finances up on best-case scenario. They set up their budget. They don't really have a budget, but they set up their lifestyle. They set up their life on best-case scenario. They say, here's what we can afford. But what they don't say is, here's what we can afford if. Say if. We can afford it if, if both husband and wife have jobs. We can afford it if we get our overtime pay. We can afford it if we don't get sick. We can, we can afford it if we don't have any emergencies. If, if, if. But here's what I've learned, and that is all of these ifs fail at some point in time. 
And just tell you what I've done. I'm not just, I'm just telling you, I don't just preach this, I live this. I'm not trying to set myself up as some kind of example, but I'm telling you what I have done in my own life the last 40 years. And what I have done in the past 40 plus years is I haven't lived within my means. How many hear that? Live within your means. That's not good advice. That's not good advice. I do not live within my means. I have not lived within my means for the last 40 plus years. I live below my means. I've lived below. Pastor, you're driving a Cadillac. Yeah, it's a 2012. I don't live within my means. I live below my means. And I've lived below my means for over 40 years now and I have taken the excess and I have saved and I have invested it so then, so when lean times come, it will not put me in a financial crisis. And lean times come for everybody. Changes come in everybody's life. Whether that's sickness, whether it's a layoff, whether it's retirement, whatever that it might be. I'm trying to help you this morning. Amen. All right, we've talked just a little bit about the regulations of our finances. Now let me say a few words about the responsibilities of our finances. In Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus tells a story that illustrates our responsibilities as managers of God's resources. It's the parable of the talents. Let me paraphrase the story. A businessman called three of his employees in and gave each of them some money to manage for him while he went away on a trip. And then when he returned, he called each of these employees in, and he gave an audit of what they had done with his money. Now, this is a picture of what is happening between us and God. God has given to us what we have. And one day, there will be an audit. At the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus will ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do? Whether I gave you five talents or two talents or one talents, what did you do with what I gave you? Let me, let me suggest three responsibilities of our finances. Three responsibilities of our finances. First of all, we are to manage them wisely. Manage them wisely. Wisely, Matthew 25 and verse 14 in that story, the Bible says that he called them together and the Bible says that he entrusted his wealth to them. Say entrusted. Here's this man. He brings these three servants or three employees in and he gives each one of these a different amount of money. But the Bible says that he entrusted his wealth to them. Let me ask you this question this morning. Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? Let me ask you this question this morning. What can God trust you with? Let me ask you this question this morning. How much can God trust you with? You keep saying you want more, but what are you doing with what you have? You see, until we manage wisely what we have, why should God trust us with more? But not only should we manage them wisely, we should also master them. Master them. Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12 says, If you can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. But if you cannot be trusted with little, then you cannot be trusted with much. I say it like this. The greatest indicator of what a person will do 
is what they have done. Write this down this morning. Master your finances or be mastered by them. Master your finances or be mastered by them. Some of you are being mastered by your finances because it tells you what time to get up in the morning. It tells you where you have to go. It tells you where you can go, where you can't go, what you can eat, what you can't eat, whether you can have a vacation or can't, whether you can retire or you can't. Master your money, master your finances, or be mastered by them. Tell your money where to go instead of wondering where they went. I'm giving you three responsibilities of your finances. Manage them wisely. Master them. And the third, maximize them. Maximize them. In the, in the story Jesus told in Matthew 25, it reveals that God doesn't want us to merely guard his resources. Well, I can just guard what he's given me. If I can only keep what he's given me, he'll be happy with me. He'll be pleased with me. Well, not according to Matthew 25. In the story Jesus told in Matthew 25, it reveals that God doesn't want us to merely guard his resources. He wants us to grow them. He wants us to do something with what he has given us. Let me give you five keys to maximizing finances. Five keys to maximizing finances. I could stay an hour on this this morning. I'm not going to, don't worry. Let me just give you five keys to maximizing your finances. The first one is contributions. Again, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. And Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. If you want to maximize your finances, then you'll be a person who makes contributions. See, see, people who lay a foundation of tithing, people who lay a foundation of giving under their finances have God's blessings on their finances. If you want to grow your finances, if you want to maximize your finances, you'll begin. You will start, first of all, by honoring God, by realizing you're merely a manager. You're merely a steward. It's not yours at all. It all belongs to God. And so you're going to handle your finances the way that God told you to manage your finances. And he said to start off managing your finances by paying your tithe and giving offering off of the top. The very first thing, make it a priority. Five keys to maximizing finances. The first one is contributions. The second one is compassion. Compassion. Proverbs 11 and 25 says a generous person will prosper. They will what? A generous person will prosper. Whoever helps others will be helped. Proverbs 22 and 9 says the generous will be blessed themselves for they share what they have with the poor. You want to maximize your finances? You want to grow your finances? You want to see your your finances grow? Then be a person of compassion. Have a heart and minister to the needs of people. Amen. When you get something, when you get something more, understand that more is not always for me. Compassion. God will bless a compassionate heart. Amen. If you'll become a giver, God will make sure you have something to give. The third key to maximizing finances is consumption. 
consumption. Proverbs 21 and 20 says, the wise store up. The wise do what? What does that mean, store up? They save, right? The wise store up. The fool consumes everything they get. See, it's not so much about how much we get, it's how much do we have. I know a lot of people, you know, make a lot of money. But what do they have? Oh, they live well, but they don't own anything. They don't own anything. What happens if that source runs out? If you want to maximize your finances, you, you need to look at your consumption. What do you, don't cons, you, some of you eat your seed. How many know that you can't, you can't grow something if you don't have some seeds? If you don't plant any seeds, you're not going to get a crop. A lot of people eat their seed. Consumption. The fourth one is connections. Connections. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, walk with the wise and you'll become wise. And you hear me say it all the time. I'll say it one more time just in passing, but we become like the people we consistently hang out with. In lieu of that, we need to connect with people of faith. We need to connect with people with good attitudes. We need to connect with people who are going somewhere. We need to connect with people that are doing something. And we need to learn finances from people who have mastered their finances. Don't take financial advice from a broke person. How dumb is that? The fifth key to growing your finances or maximizing finances is consistency. Proverbs 27 and 18 says, the one who guards the fig tree will eat its fruit. If you want figs, you better take care of the fig tree. You better not just do it once. You better take care of it. You better guard it. You better guard it. You better do what you need to do in order to keep that fig tree growing and and keep it healthy and keep it producing. Proverbs 28, verse 19 and 20 says, Those who work hard will have an abundance, but those who chase fantasies will go broke. And then it says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. See, see, it's not just what we do that determines our success or failure in the area of finances, but it's what we consistently do or consistently don't. Do well. I I tried that tithing, you know, and I didn't. It didn't work for me, like the pastor said it's going to work. Yeah, you tried it twice. <laughs> Consistency. All right, we've talked a little bit about the regulations of our finances. Talked a little bit about the responsibilities of our finances. Let's talk just a little bit about the reaping, the reaping of our finances. I want to refer back to the parable of the story of the talents Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25. And I want to suggest three ways in which we reap in the area of finances. Let me suggest, first of all, we reap according to our ability. We reap according to our 
ability. Matthew 25, again, verse 15, the Bible said, and this is in another version, it says, to one he gave five bags of gold. To another he gave two bags of gold. To another he gave one bag of gold. Watch this now. It says, according according to what? According to his generosity? According to uh, how much he loved each separate one? No, the Bible says that he gave one five bags of gold, one two bags of gold, one one bag of gold. He gave it to them according to their ability. Say their ability. He gave it to them according to their ability. See, he knew what they were capable of. He knew what their limit was. See, see, because he did love them, he didn't give them all the same. You say, well, man, he must have loved this one more than he loved the other because he gave him a lot more than he gave all the other. Man, he must not love that one with the one. He must not love him much at all. No, it had absolutely nothing to do with, what, with, that, with that. Listen, he, because he did love them, because he did love them each individually, because he loved them, amen, he gave to them what he gave because he did not want to overload them with financial responsibility. Jesus said, where much is given, much is required. Where much is given, much is required. Much resources comes with much responsibility. But not only do we reap according to our ability, but also we reap according to our actions. According to our actions, Matthew 25, verse 16 through 18, says the man that was given five bags of gold put the money to work. He what? He put the money to work. And what happened? He gained five bags more. And the man that was given the two bags of gold put the money to work. And what happened? He gained two bags more. But the one that only received the one bag of gold hid his money in the ground. And how much came back? We reap according to our actions. Don't be jealous of those who have more than you have. I didn't expect an amen there. That's a tough one. Don't be jealous of those who have more than you have. They probably, and listen, don't throw rocks at me or say mean things on Facebook about me. I'm using the word probably. Don't be jealous of those that have more than you have. They probably, they probably have more than you have because they have done more with what they have been given. Because we reap according to our ability and we reap according to our actions. And we reap according to our accumulation. Matthew chapter 25, verse 20 through 29. Let me read that real quickly. That portion of the story. Matthew. Where are you at, Matt? Matthew 25. Verse 20 says, So he who had received five 
talents. I'm going to use bags of gold. It's just more current. So he had received five bags of gold, came and brought five other bags of gold and said, you, you delivered me five bags of, of gold. Look, I've gained five more bags of gold besides those. The master said to him, his Lord, his employer, he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a little bit. I'll make a ruler over a lot. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Also, he that received two bags of gold came and said, you delivered to me two bags of gold. Look, here's the two bags you gave me, and I put them to work, and I've gained two more. And he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one bag of gold came and he said, Hey, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. I was fearful and I went and I hid your money in the ground. And look, here, here it is. What what you gave me, here it is. But his master said to him, You wicked and you lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown and and I gather where I haven't scattered seed. You ought to have at least deposited my money with the banker, so at my coming I would have at least received back my own with interest. Because of this, he said, take the talent or the bag of gold from him and give it to the one with ten. Who's he going to give it to? He's already got ten. God, he's got ten. I ain't got any. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one that has ten bags of gold. He said, because to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has is going to be taken away. You know what he's saying there? He said, do something with what I gave you. I'm going to take it away and give it to somebody to do something with it. Somebody said the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and that is absolutely true. Probably, say probably. Probably because the rich is rich. Probably because they have done something with what they have been given. Probably they are rich because they didn't consume everything they got, but rather than consuming everything they got, rather they saved and invested some of it. Probably they are rich because they proved trustworthy with a little bit, so they were then entrusted with a lot. See, if I wasn't faithful with those nine little widow ladies and two small kids, if I wasn't faithful with that little church of 13 when I had as a pastor at the age of 17, I don't think I would be pastoring 800 people today. Listen, the more we have, the more we have to do with. And the more we do with our finances, and the more we wisely invest our finances, the more we're going to accumulate, the more we're going to have. I'm still on my subject of thanks living today. Those who are thankful for their finances will be more likely to handle them properly. Our takeaway for the message today is simply this. If we are thankful for what we have been given, we will manage it wisely. I thought I'd at least get a whispered amen. 
If we are thankful for what we have been given, we will manage it wisely. If we manage what we have been given well, more will be given to us. If we don't take care of what we've already been given, we're not getting any more. Why in the world would God want to entrust more of his stuff to us if we're not taking care of what he's already given to us? Father, I just pray today that you'll take your word this morning. God, I pray that you'll take your word. Everything that's been said today has been Bible-based, biblical principles for financial management. And although there are people that think this is not very spiritual and some will go at lunch today and say, man, the pastor sure wasn't very spiritual today. They don't understand your word because you actually said in your word that if we don't manage our finances, who is going to entrust to us the true riches? God, help us to be faithful. Help us to be good stewards of what you have blessed us with.